0: And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months. 1 Samuel 27.7 Dear Lord, as a tree finds its strength to endure from its roots, I too will find my strength in the depths of my roots and from the ground I choose to grow in. In moments of loneliness, give me the resolve and the strength to remain planted in the place you've called me to. I will not abandon my values and morals to partner with others who offer protection and gain at the cost of my character and right to stand with you." I will not become comfortable with compromise, as David and his men did during their season of loneliness in first Samuel twenty eight. "Because I am new and transformed, I will instead take on the latter spirit of David and fight for what is mine. I will retake and regain what the enemy has stolen from me. Through your power, God, I will be able to reclaim my land, my position, and all that belongs to me, my family, and my future. I declare that compromise is not an option. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com
1: David in Ziklag. In our last story, we learned about Saul's latest pursuit to take David's life. David once again had the opportunity to end Saul and with him all the fleeing and exile. Yet David's conviction as a man of God stood its ground. He spared Saul, and Saul once again repented and left David's presence. Now David dwells in the land of the Philistines, serving under King Achish. David and his men made raids on the enemies of Israel, pretending to make raids for the Philistines. In this story, we learn about David's continued partnership with the enemies of Israel, and how small compromises continue to overshadow David and his men, as inspired by the book of 1 Samuel.
2: You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, produce online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our last episode, we saw how David once again had the opportunity to kill Saul, but he chose not to do it. Rather than choose his own way, and try to justify his own actions, he obeyed God. He stood firm in his conviction that God would deal with Saul. But despite Saul's apparent regret for having chased David down again and his promise to leave him alone, David's faith wavered and he fled into Philistine country, forming an alliance with a foreign king. Today we'll learn how David's loyalty to Israel will be tested and how his decision to settle in enemy territory will bring peril to his people. So, let's listen to the scripture today.
1: David proved himself to be a convincing actor, as if in a play he played the role of a Philistine marauder. David performed his role daily in front of Achish and the other Philistines. He made raids on neighboring villages, ate and drank as a Philistine, and spoke in their native tongue. However, the lines between fiction and reality slowly began to blur for David. His allegiance to Israel was muddled by his Philistine company. His mind fell into a fog, and his sense of right and wrong began to blend together. Now David found himself among the Philistine camp, where they were marching up against Israel. David, the chosen protector and rightful king to the throne of the Hebrews, was preparing to slaughter Israel. The Philistines began their march and gathered their forces at the peak of Aphek. The Israelites were camped by a spring below. The lords of the Philistines were making their rounds and saw David and his men preparing for battle. What are these Hebrews doing here? The commanders asked Achish. Achish responded, This is David, who has been under my service for years now. I have found no disloyalty in him yet. David's eyes looked away. David had given the visage of loyalty to Achish, but had never actually harmed any Israelites. However, he had not been faithful to Israel either. David and his soldiers were men without a country. One of the Philistine commanders approached David and looked him in the eyes. He knew what David had forgotten. David was a Hebrew and their champion. Send the man back with his soldiers, He may be separated from Saul now, but what better way to reconcile with him than to kill us in battle? Don't you remember the song, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands? Achish pulled David aside and embraced him. Achish looked at David and said, As the Lord lives, you have been nothing but faithful to me. I have found nothing wrong with you. However, the lords do not approve, and I cannot dispute them. Go, and be free. David's heart turned. David was like a child who was rejected by his father. He craved the affirmation from Saul, yet found it in the enemy Achish. David did not want to hurt the Israelites, but he also did not want to leave Achish's side. What have I done to earn their distrust? David asked. Achish hugged David and sent him back to the land of the Philistines. That day... David was spared from committing the sin of slaughtering his people. God in his mercy kept David from waving his sword against his brothers. So David and his men left back to Ziklag, still men without a true alliance or country. David and his men returned after a three-day journey. As they were approaching the city, they could see smoke rising into the skies. David's eyes widened, and the men ran fast into the city of Ziklag. Homes were reduced to ash, and smoke emanated from farms. The Amalekites rode in the night and raided the city while the men were away at war against Israel. David and his men ran frantically through the city, shouting for their wives and children, yet they could hear no response. David burst through the doors of his home to find nothing but broken and burnt furniture. Every man's wife and child had been taken by the Amalekites, David's men writhed in tears over their captured wives. They raised their fists at God. They cursed David, and they wept on the floor among the ash and wreckage. While his men yelled and wept in pain, David sat there silently. David stared off into the distance, praying silently. The other men became overwhelmed with grief, but not David. David sat there, remembering his time as a shepherd in Bethlehem. He was reminded of when lions and wolves would come after his sheep and steal them away. David would run after them and slaughter the wild beasts to save his sheep. This would be no different. David rose from his feet to go meet with the Lord. They had some catching up to do. David knelt before God under the stars. He spoke to God as he used to while tending his sheep. David breathed in the cool air and exhaled praises to his Lord. He considered his family, who had been taken, and the families of his men. Lord, David said, shall I pursue them? Will I overtake them if I go? God responded to David quietly and firmly. Yes, David, I have already given them into your hands. David stood to his feet, picked up his spear, and marched intently back to his men. The sun rose that morning and a dark red covered the new sky. David and six hundred of his men ran without stopping, intent on reaching the Amalekites before they could return home. They reached the brook of Bizor. The waters raged and many of the men were too exhausted to cross. Discouraged and weary, two hundred of the men refused to follow David any longer and remained on the shore of the brook. David and the rest of his men crossed the brook. A fire was burning in their soul to save their families, but they had gone three days without food and almost no water. Dragging their feet, they marched further and further. Finally, an Egyptian in the open country gave the men bread, water, fruits, and cakes to eat. They were filled and strengthened at the perfect time. David put his hand on the Egyptian's shoulder and said, Thank you, friend. Where do you come from? The boy smiled and said, I served the Amalekites, but was abandoned by them when I became sick after we raided the Israelites. David's eyes lit up. He smiled to his cheeks and let out a bright (laughs) laugh. He grabbed the boy and asked intently, Could you take us to your old band? The boy nodded, and David and his men ran forward faster and with more vigor. Less than a day had passed, and the Egyptian led David and a couple of his men to a cliff overlooking the Amalekite camp. They peeked their heads over the rocks and looked down at the valley. The men were spread out far across a valley. Torches illuminated their dancing, drinking, and feasting. David could spot his wife captive below, along with the wives and children of his men. While the Amalekites were still drinking, dancing, and enjoying the spoils of their raid, they heard the horns of David echoing through the valley. Before any man could realize what was happening, David and his army descended upon the camp with might. They swung their swords with the strength of fathers and husbands protecting their families. David marched through the camp, striking down every Amalekite soldier in his sight. Some tried to fight with no success. David and his men were far too angry and skilled for them to stand a chance. Others fled on camels, but all the women and children were saved. The sun began to rise, and David gathered the families, the stolen goods, and all the livestock. David and the families made their way back home. There, to greet them, were the two hundred men who refused to continue. They came out elated to see their families. Everyone cheered except the men who had fought. They looked at the two hundred men with disgust and said to David, These worthless men did not go with us. They should not get any of the spoil. They should take their families we have saved and leave. David calmed his men down and had them keep quiet. He drew a deep breath and looked at both groups of men. My brothers, this is given to us by the Lord. He is the one who preserved us, David said. As God has shared his goodness with us, so we shall share. Those who battle and those who support from afar are equally in need of food and shelter. David's words surprised the people, but they were all pleased with his decree. David, still a young man, was just now learning what it truly means to lead like a king. They divided the spoils amongst one another and sent the leftovers back home to Judah. David's heart to protect Israel was beginning to resurface.
2: Today's story begins with David living a lie. He has very cleverly convinced Achish of his loyalty to the Philistines, and the king trusts David as one of his own. Still, David had not yet done actual harm to any of his own people, the Israelites. Instead, he was attacking neighboring towns, enemies of Israel, and telling Achish that he was raiding Israeli villages. But now, as the Philistines gather in numbers to attack Israel, David isn't on a solo mission, and he can't hide behind his deception. Were it not for the distrust of Philistine commanders, David might have been compelled to sin against his own people and attack them. The commanders recognize David as a Hebrew, and not just any Hebrew. This is the great shepherd warrior David, the anointed king, the one who was at one time one of Saul's greatest soldiers, and though Achish vouches for David, affirming that he is a loyal Philistine, the commanders aren't believing it. And so Achish tells David that while he trusts him with his life, the Philistine army commanders have rejected him. He and his men must return to his home in Ziklag. David's response is interesting. He appeals to the king to let him stay and serve him in a battle. Perhaps he was finally getting the acceptance he wanted among the Philistines, something that had eluded him with Saul. Or perhaps he was forgetting his calling from God, his anointing to be God's man the king of Israel. Whatever the reason, it appears David was confused, that his loyalties were divided, and he may have been willing to turn over his own people to the enemy. But God, in His grace, did not allow David to participate in this battle. He closed the door to protect the man that he had chosen to serve him. How often do we fail to recognize when God has protected us from ourselves, from our sins, leading us out of temptation and delivering us from evil? As in the case of David, and for you and me, this is all because of God's grace. That grace, we know, is now found in the Lord Jesus Christ, who went to a cross and died and rose again so that we could receive the gift of eternal life not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us. This is the grace of God. So David returns home with his men, only to find the Amalekites had attacked while they were gone. This is a terrible scene. These enemies of Israel had burned the entire town down, but killing nobody. Instead, they had taken the wives and the children of the men of David captive. Everyone is heartbroken. They are weeping. And the people, the army, even turned their anger towards David, wanting to stone him. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And David found his strength in the Lord and sought counsel. He went to the Lord and asked him if he should pursue the Amalekites and take what had been lost. So David and his men went after the Amalekites. It was a long and arduous journey, and they suffered from hunger and exhaustion. Two hundred men actually turned back, unwilling or unable to continue. But David found an Egyptian boy who had once served the Amalekites. He gave them food and water, strengthening them for battle, and led them to the enemy. And, just as God had promised, David was victorious. They returned home with their wives and children and the spoils of war, which David insisted be shared with all, even those who had not gone into battle. Then he sent some of the spoils to Judah. His heart turned again to his people that he was called to lead. Lord, we thank you for this powerful story and how it reminds us that you do protect us from evil and that you often shield us from making terrible and sinful, disobedient decisions. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your salvation in Jesus Christ. And may we always be willing to fight the good fight of faith and win great victories for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love or know, and by sharing this podcast, we can get the Word of God to the world. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for Christian living, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you.
0: This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.